1: Welcome to the Locked On Cowboys podcast brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they will join another league, the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. This season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi, made for football watching. I am your host, Landon McCool, and I am not joined by anyone today. Marcus decided to ditch. I'm sure he has some sort of excuse or reason, uh, but I just showed up in the Locked On Cowboys uh, studios, and uh, he wasn't here. So, again... Uh, Marcus just being uh, delinquent on his job. So instead, what we did, Marcus was nice enough before he left to send out the call for questions. So we are going to have a discussion uh, about the state of the Cowboys. And we don't really uh, need to worry about Marcus interfering very much. So let's get right to it. And the first two questions are basically the same question. Uh, They're both ones from Bitter Beard at Bitter Beard 1, uh, friend of the pod. If Mike Nolan gets fired... Who would be the top candidates for D.C.? Uh, Frankie Kenneth asked the same question at Frankie Kenneth. If they can, Nolan, who's on the short list of replacements? You know, and I think that this is an interesting question, obviously. I mean, there's been lots of talk bandied about um, Cowboys Nation, about uh, shifting the focus of where the changes need to be from McCarthy to Nolan. And I, and I think that's fair. I mean, I think McCarthy uh, has done enough in a kind of crazy season to – uh, you know, warrant another look, uh, especially considering how good the offense looked at points when Dak was in and and you know they were somewhat healthy. Uh, so I think it's he gets he should get another opportunity. Uh, and but I've, as I've mentioned, it it feels like even if you know it, it seems a little unfair to Nolan that that the uh, the ground has been the earth has been salted here. it feels like the damage has been done, and I don't know that those uh, relationships are going to recover necessarily on the defensive side of the ball. So, and again, I should add in, like there's three or four other people that, uh, asking, uh, th- that Flamingo guy, Sean, at Sean underscore not underscore A underscore bot. W- who would you guys like to see coach this defense next year? Would you want us to go back to a 4-3? Thanks. You know, I think there's a sev- there's several kind of different things to consider here, right? One, do the Cowboys really want to just fire Nolan for the sake of firing Nolan? And, if, and I'm not you know, uh, pushing my chips in either way. I, I, I tend to think that, you know, you shouldn't just make changes for the sake of making changes unless you know, you can improve a situation. I think there are some defensive coordinators out there that might be able to improve on this situation. So, uh, you know, I, I guess the first thing I would mention is who's available out there because that's going to be a big, a big part of this, obviously. And then how would a transition, uh, to that person's defense look, uh, in the scale of difficult shifts. Right. And I think, you know, the names that we've, we've heard bantied about are the names that we all are aware of. Uh, Wade Phillips, uh, potentially uh, uh, someone like uh, a head coach that might get fired, like uh, Fangio in 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 uh, Denver. Um, and then I think there's other names too, that like, you know, that you would think that are kind of a little bit more sensible that if, 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 there isn't a strong, obvious candidate out there. I mean, I think George Edwards is still on this staff. If they wanted to kind of go to a situation where, uh, you know, they, they they go with a familiar coaching staff to in order to kind of make the transition a little easier, maybe they go that route. And, and for me, it's not so much, uh, you know, a conversation about whether they're going to stay in the 4-3 or, 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 I mean, stay in the 3-4 or go back to the 4-3. You know, it's really about one gap versus – two gap and how much of the mix between the two man versus zone coverage and, and that sort of thing. So I, I think the key really is to, um, you know, see who's who, who, who the potential guys out there and what, what kind of transition would go like for someone like Wade Phillips, right? Wade Phillips, technically, uh, you know, depending on how technically you want to get runs a three, four, uh, but it's a one gap scheme and it's really just a four, three with the defensive standing defensive end more than anything. So, uh, I think someone like Wade Phillips, you know, it's it's kind of uh, uh, would be an interesting transition because you know it's more going back to what these players did last year in the sense of getting in the gap and getting upfield and, and and wrecking havoc, you know, and that's that's a lot more aligned with what this defensive line was doing at different points last year, uh, you know, not so much two gapping, not so much uh, trying to control. Uh, just trying to get into the gaps and and, and destroy blocking schemes. Uh, And, you know, because of uh, their kind of uh, detour into 3-4-2 gapping land this year, uh, it may make uh, any kind of transition from a sort of traditional Tampa 2 defense or, you know, cover 3, cover 1, you know, Seattle defense into a Wade Phillips defense a a little bit more palatable. I mean, because the Cowboys have now done some of the things that, would have been uh, a part of a transition if they just decided to go straight from uh, like a Richard Marinelli's defense to Wade Phillips. Right, they'd have to still get used to a defensive end standing up and having a little bit fewer, a little bit more responsibilities in other aspects of the game. They'd have to get used to uh, uh, the kind of alignments that that uh, they're doing that are a little bit different than you, what you might see uh, uh, with Marinelli. You know these these I, I actually think that Merit, uh, a, a switch from the current system to Wade Phillips system wouldn't be all that difficult because it, because it kind of is a a mix and match of the last two systems right in a, in a in a large way um, you know I think George Edwards uh, if they you decide to do this kind of internally it makes a lot of sense I mean I think Edwards is probably has a history with a little bit more of a one gap scheme. Um, so I think if they wanted to kind of go back to a similar type ski that they ran, uh, last year and more maybe probably obviously more close, closer to what, uh, Edwards was running while he was underneath, um uh, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name in Minnesota. I can't believe I forgot Minnesota's head coach. I'm just going to look it up right now. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, yeah, Mike Zimmer, of course, the form, the former Dallas Cowboys coach. Uh, you know, and I think if Cowboys coaches, Cowboys fans are familiar with Zimmer and what he did when he was with the Cowboys, you know, that's a little bit more of a Tampa two system or a, a, a cover two system than than what uh, we had last year, even with Marinelli. But I think the idea being that, you know, rushing for zone coverage on the back end to try to uh, you know create uh, 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 disruption um, you know, th- those are things that I think it would be a pretty familiar, uh, uh transition. And again, cause the coach is on the staff, uh, he, he would make that even more smooth, I think, because he clearly knows exactly what the, the, the teachings were in the previous year. And then someone like Fangio or, or someone from another team, you know, I think that's really where you're watching the, the, not the waiver wire, but the coach's waiver wire. and, and, and you know, as these. Uh, firing start to happen you see if any of these defensive head coaches get fired and if that they might be good fits you know someone like Fangio it would be a little bit more of a transition It'd be a little bit more kind of going the direction of what uh, this Cowboys defense is already doing right and a move towards a little bit more complex schemes and, and some two-gap and stuff I, I think it would be worth it to continue to, to go down that route if if Fangio is is the defensive coordinator. You know, I think he's just so good and he's produced ta- uh, great defenses everywhere he's gone these last few stops. I, I just think that it would be worth it to continue to, down, uh, to try to go down that trend because I just think that a lot of uh, the results would make that a lot more palatable uh, to kind of continue down those lines. So, yeah, those are three names. I think and I'm not really pulling out anybody's name that uh, uh, that that you have never heard of or anything like that. You know, I think if you're looking for those kind of like up and comers, bright shining star guys, you know what you do is you look at the staffs of these guys. You know, uh, uh, I think that that's where you see uh, a lot of the 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 up and coming defensive and offensive coordinator talent coming from is you know the the. They are usually were uh, assistants on a talented defensive coordinator staff that recognizes talent. You know, that's that's how you get a Sean McVay, because uh, uh, someone like Kyle Shanahan recognized that talent and gave him a shot. And I think Brandon Staley is another great example. He's currently the defensive coordinator for the Rams. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job for the Rams this season. Uh, is kind of a Fangio and a, a Wade Phillips uh, a, a disciple, so... If you're looking for a guy like that, if you're looking for kind of the next thing, what you should probably be doing is is looking at the at the the teams that have talented defensive coordinators, and and see who they were, are relying on, right? And and I think you know that's how you find, uh, you know the the next the next uh, Brandon Staley, uh, the next uh, uh, Matt Eberflus, you know the guys that are kind of that have been on other people's staffs that have been doing you know a, a lion's share of work for these talented defenses and are ready for their own, uh, their, their own gig here. So that, that's where you're going to find kind of the, the names that you have never heard of. So that's, uh, that's, that's kind of where we are with the defensive coordinators outside of that. You're looking at a lot of retread names. So uh, it really is about who's available and how difficult the transition will be for, uh, for that, uh, that scheme or to move into that scheme. Uh, let's take a break and let me tell you about Tintin. Um, This episode is brought to you by Tintin. And now you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes – and we're excited to tell you about this is Tintin is an exclusive collection of 10 one of a kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly resourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at Blue Nile com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully reenvisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it
0: exclusively. BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president. Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
1: All right, guys, let's do a couple more questions. I we kind of uh, wandered long on that one question, but but I think a lot of people wanted to talk about it. Wanted to talk about what defensive coordinators. Uh, we're going to be looking at all, all, all of that is very good questions. And I think it kind of bleeds into the, the question about, you know, draft and about, you know, lots of people are wanting to talk about draft. It seems a little bit early, obviously to have full blown draft discussions, I think. But I think that the precursor to that is, is what's our, who's our, who's going to be leading this defense so we can figure out exactly, uh, uh, you know, who, what kind of defensive players we should be looking for. Uh, Clayton Car- uh, Cargill, fan of the show. Uh, what are the chances the Chargers win another game? Higher than the chances Dallas wins another game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know the Chargers have a really rough schedule. Let me just pull it up. But I know that they still have the Chiefs to play. Um, and I I, I know that they have uh, the the thing that's really s- surprising about a lot of these uh lower. These teams that we're competing with for these uh, the 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 draft picks, the Cowboys really have the easiest of the schedules. I mean, in in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, I'm just pulling it up here. the 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 Chargers still have the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Broncos. I mean, three division uh, games left, and uh, and that's you know that's not exactly a, a, a a recipe for. Uh, th- you know, a lot of wins. Uh, so I-, I definitely, you know, don't think that they're, you know, things have gotten weird between the chiefs and the chargers, but I, I, am not ex- certainly not expecting them to beat the, ch- the chiefs. I mean, if it, it could certainly happen, but I-, I, I'm not expecting it. Like I said, uh, and then, you know, the Raiders and the, and the Broncos, I mean, they've, they've already lost to the Raiders once uh, earlier in the season, 31 to 26. uh, And they lost to the Broncos 31 to 30. So, you know, there is a possibility that they win one of these games. Um, uh, but it's it's certainly, you know, it certainly isn't looking great, uh, you know, especially compared to some of the teams that the Cowboys have to play as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that the Cowboys are, are certainly favorites to win any of their games either. But I, I think that you look at some of the remaining schedule for teams like the Chargers and, and Atlanta and, and you know, some of these teams that have uh you know that are pick you're going to be picking close to where we are and and, it's, and they have difficult schedules it's not you know they're not i don't know if they're actually intentionally trying to, to, to tank but i think the soft tank is going to be extremely possible uh with with some of the schedules that they have uh let's see what else we got um Should the Cowboys let, uh, this is from uh, Ryan Trammell, at Ryan Trammell, should the Cowboys let Gallup play out his contract and leave in free agency or try to move him for draft picks or defensive help? With Cooper and Lamb catching balls, I don't think there are enough balls to go around to get maximum value from Gallup. You know, I think my my opinion on this has changed a little bit, you know, Um, especially if you don't really know what's going to happen at the top of the draft. You know, there's a possibility that you get stuck at the top of the draft and you either going to have to reach for a player cuz you can't do a trade down or potentially what you could do is take a guy like Jamar Chase and if you that's you know only probably made possible if you are you know able to move Gallup for for picks or something like that i just think that Gallup you know has uh not really taken the next step and this it, uh, you know not that it it should be expected with this difficult uh, season and, and, and all of those things. I just think that it is going to be difficult for the Cowboys to figure out what to do with their wide receiver position soon. And Gallup has some value. Um, and so I think you, you've figured out that you probably want to keep Cooper just based on the season that he had this season. Um, and if you can get something for Gallup, you should, you should think about it. You should look into what you can get and, and, and at least see what's available because, uh, you really kind of need to figure out a way to redistribute some of the talent. Now I like it, especially because it if it opens things up for you to draft Jamar Chase down the road, you know, not that you need any more embarrassment of riches there, even with Gallup gone. Uh, But I think it provides you one more, uh, you know, palatable uh, opportunity at the top of the draft. If you can't trade down. So uh you know I certainly am open to hearing what they could get for Gallup um but at the same time I'm not going to just give him away for for undervalue I I like Gallup too much and I think he can help you as a player a ton uh if you can't find somebody that's willing to blow you away with some kind of offer um so yeah I I think it, it's a it's a it's it's going to be one of those things where you have to kind of weigh the options as they come, uh, and, and go from there. Uh, let's see, uh, uh, from Estrada at Godspeed underscore XV. Everyone on the line is healthy and going into training camp. How do you sort that out? Being that Martin played great at right tackle, McGovern has been solid and Lael Collins played great at left guard his rookie year. Well, I will push back that I think that Leo Collins didn't necessarily play great uh, at guard. I don't know that he's a, a fantastic guard. I think he is probably a better tackle. I, you know, if anything, I think that you know what you've got is McGovern and Connor Williams having a, a little healthy competition at left guard uh, because I, I think Connor Williams has been fine, uh, but I also think McGovern has been good. Um, so I think, uh, you know it's it's one of those things uh that you have to see how the 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 off season plays out for them, right? You have to see how the uh how they develop in, in, in with another off season because I do think that it's going to be very close between these two uh guys uh and and I think that that's really the likely spot for their uh their competition. Now, the wild card here is what happens if Lael Collins doesn't come back the way that we all hope he does, or if Tyron Smith doesn't come back at all or something like that, then you can start talking about kind of some of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the switching around, the moving around, the competitions that we hadn't even thought about, uh, that, that, that's where you start to, uh, see some of the mixing and matching and interesting competitions that we hadn't even thought about because you know there's we're all kind of assuming that everybody comes back next year and is healthy and it's it's all the same as it was at the beginning of this season but we shouldn't necessarily assume that uh, because there is a uh, there is a good chance that you know something happens along the way that uh, that they don't uh, that that maybe you know one of these players doesn't come back as the same player I mean injuries can change everything. And an improvement, you know, like I said, McGovern may get even better with another offseason and maybe suddenly uh, this becomes his job at left guard and and there's no there's no further discussion needed there. So um, what else? Let's see. Uh, At T Lovero. Uh, why that two years ago it looked like the Cowboys had the best linebacker do in the league with LVE and Smith, to how they are viewed now, especially why has Smith regressed so much? Scheme, coaching, fit. Yeah, I. I mean, I understand. Like and. I think people need to stop isolating Jalen Smith on this because Leighton Vander Esch has been, especially the last few games, worse than Jalen Smith, you know? So, uh, I, I I understand the, the contract and that's why people are, uh, are kind of after Jalen more than Leighton, but, but Leighton has been as disappointing, if not more disappointing than Jalen Smith. I I you know if I had answers for you I, I would give them to you I, I think it it has to do with just how they're being used I I think it's you know their 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 skill sets may not be uh, uh, combining very well with what um with what they're looking for into in, uh, in, as far as in the actual uh you know job description of what they're doing uh, you know I I and I think that beyond that they're also just not playing well I mean Leighton Van Der Esch is missing tackles uh they they're definitely you know missing uh uh some of their fits so i i mean i i don't think that these two aren't talented players i think that either they aren't comfortable with what they're being asked to do they're being asked to do terrible things or you know some some kind of middle ground between those two things but um you know i i think that they uh uh they are clearly both struggling um, and some of it has been with Leighton about recovering from injury. Some of it has just been bad play in general, but uh, I do think that it's time to start considering what's going to happen if you need to replace these guys and, and how do you, you know, and I think that Smith is probably more imminently replaceable because of the contract. You can maybe save some money there. Late Vander Esch is still on a rookie deal. So you at least want to, I think, you know, have one more uh, year to see exactly what's happening there. But, you know i don't i i think that it's a bad fit um you know trying to it's a bad fit for this scheme and for these players and and one of them has got to get figured out the, the players either need to figure out the scheme a little better or we need to change schemes so uh yeah i think uh i think that's probably the answer there is you know, it's it's a little bit of both uh, I, I don't know that the players have regressed talented wise. I think that the, the regression is because they're playing in a defense that they don't seem to understand or, or don't seem to be uh, a great fit with. All right, let's take our final break and we'll come back with uh, with a couple more questions. All right, last segment. We're gonna do one or two more questions, depending on how much I ramble on, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll see what we what we do when we uh, get on the way out of here. Let's see what the Cowboys have for us this week. And we, you know, don't forget, guys. We also still have the crossover podcast this week, uh, so that should that should be a, a fun one as as we always uh, have get some great insight from the other teams uh, podcast. Um, and then on top of that, we also have the game preview as well. So, uh, and w- again, throughout all of this, we will be talking, I know that a lot of you guys want to continue to talk draft. want to continue to talk off season, especially now that, uh, the, it looks even more so that the Cowboys are not able going to be not going to be able to pull this out <laughs> and, and win the division. So, uh, we will definitely be uh, continuing to discuss off season stuff. Cause I-, I understand that that's, that's clearly a desire here. Um, so uh, let's let's just get a couple more Uh, from Connor Hatz, at Connor Hatz, H-A-T-Z. Do we draft, trade back, or use top five pick to select the linebacker we so desperately need? This kind of goes back to what we just talked about. I, you know, I really have, I, 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 I would really feel we, bad about taking Micah Parsons at this point in the top five. And then obviously that's the linebacker I think we're talking about at this point. It's just you know not great positional value. He's a guy that hasn't played a ton of the position specifically. Um, I you know I'm all for trading back, uh, getting some picks and then maybe taking him somewhere in the ten to fifteen area because I do think you know you, can, you probably do need a player there, uh, and uh, he is one of the few kind of potentially elite defensive players in this in this uh, draft. You know it's just drafting a linebacker positional value uh you know and and just the fact that he hasn't played a ton at the position despite being a total freak of nature uh there is some uncertainty there so uncertainty plus bad positional value uh it's it's not a a a great uh you know it's not a great combination to be honest uh let's let's power through a couple more um Uh, Who would you say is the uh, from Terrence Jackson at Terrence Jack thirty? Who would you say is the favorite to win the NFC East next year? I mean, I I think the Cowboys. I mean, obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan, so that's going to be where I'm at. Um, I think Washington is shown that they are not too far away. They get their quarterback situation figured out, and they could certainly be right there. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, we'll see. I mean, they 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 seem to be moving towards Jalen Hurts. I don't know if that's you know, full time, or if that's just temporarily, if eventually they'll try to find a way to to fall back on Carson Wentz. Um, But I I think that, uh, uh, you know, that that they are probably not as close as they thought they were uh, at the beginning of this season. You know, I think that without the quarterback situation fully resolved and we'll see, we'll see what Jalen hurts can do with the rest of the season. So I I think that that's going to play heavily into this as well. All right, last question. We'll go with uh, at Zach Cantalus. I think that's how you spell it. C A N T A A. I'm sorry. C A N T A L I C E. Cantalus. That sounds right. Sure. Uh, Christmas list for A, if we pick within the top five, or B, if we trade back and pick outside the top five. Um, okay, for A, Sewell obviously is in that list. If you find a way to move on from uh, Gallup and get something you like, then I think you can talk about Jamar Chase there for sure. You know, I I just don't know that there's any defenders that I feel totally comfortable taking at top five, but I I guess if you had to, you could stay there and pick the one that you like the most. Uh, If you trade outside of the top ten, there's lots of stuff that I would feel comfortable with. I mean, I'd feel comfortable with Parsons. I'd feel comfortable with Patrick Sertain, Caleb Fairley, um, you know, I, I think you could probably, uh, talk some people into Rousseau. I don't, I haven't seen enough to feel comfortable with him yet. I certainly didn't like that. He opted out of 2020. Um, you know, I, I think that outside of, you know, the top 10, you can, you can feel a lot more comfortable about just drafting a player that you like because, you know, really, really outside the top five, there isn't a ton of blue chips. And I think, uh, you know, so that top, top five, that five to 10 spot is really just bad value, right? Just As far as what you're going to be able to pick versus what, uh you know, what you would normally be able to pick in the top 10. So I think if you trade outside of the top 10, you can feel comfortable about any of these players and the best player available is the one that you're going to take. It gives you a lot more options and it also you know provides you with the extra pick, which is really what's going to make any pick that you make there uh, usable and, and comfortable and and, and just uh, something that y- you could feel better about. I mean, you know, you can do, you can draft a Patrick Sertain number four overall. And I think he'll, you know, might be a very high floor, good player for you, but the value there is, is not great. And you would have hoped to at least gotten another pick out of that situation. And, and you know, this, it's just because Sertain is not, game changingly different player like you expect to get in a top five pick so wow, that's it for us guys. uh what a great pod uh, again, stay with us make sure that you're following the locked on uh podcast show at, at locked on Cowboys. make sure you follow Marcus at at Marcus underscore Mosier. follow me at McCool BCB uh, we will definitely be doing the crossover show uh for tomorrow. We will have the the game preview so we got lots of good stuff still coming down for this week. Uh, If I don't speak to you before then, enjoy your time and happy trails. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of
0: reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.